Hello and welcome to Blades Pod. It's Wednesday, the 4th of August. My name is Ben and I'm joined, as always, by Andrew. How are you, pal? Excited, mate. What about you? Oh, yeah, it's it's the last podcast before the new season. Yeah. And not just any season, fans back in the ground. We're all going back to Bramall Lane and yeah, excited is... Um, it's not even the word. Um, no, I, I was, I was, I think last Saturday I was excited for how excited I'm going to be this coming Saturday. <laughs> Put it all that. Yeah. So, you know, a kid at Christmas doesn't quite cover it. I don't think. Well, um, I said to you, didn't I? That um, this is so sad. I, I think it was Monday night. Yeah, Monday night. I like went to bed and I just couldn't get out. I wonder what like out of my head. Like, I wonder what tactics we're going to be playing. I wonder if we go four three three. I couldn't sleep. I was literally like just thinking. <laughs> Wonderful play Bulldog or Bogle, and I had to get up because I couldn't sleep. So I, and I, I had to read Four Four Two magazine, to, and then I went back to bed after. So that's that's how much it's on my mind. Absolutely pathetic. <laughs> no, it's tremendous. This is like, I mean, you know, I said kid at Christmas there, but this, I mean, I don't feel like I've been this excited for football, like the return of a new season since mm-hmm. I was, you know, a hell of a lot younger. To be honest, it is. Oh that. yeah, this is this is it for me exactly. That I listened to Tufty Club yesterday. They did the ninety one to ninety two season review. And I was only nine then, and um, I sort of, but I remember those like sort of build-ups. Those, yeah, I think we had Man U at home the season after that, or something like that. We're like, oh, I can't wait, can't wait, and that's what I'm like now. I think the Euros has helped, obviously, mm. getting the buzz back, and obviously England doing so well and getting behind them. And then it's like this is the proper stuff now, and yeah, with, with the fans back and everything, oh, unbelievable. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm jumping ahead a bit here because I want to. We'll talk about the Birmingham game right at the end of this podcast, I think. But yeah. th- there is there is a part of me that. I'm almost not thinking about what happens on the pitch this, you know, yeah. on Saturday night. I'm just, yep, I agree. You know, I'm, I'm meeting you for a drink. I'm going to see my dad in the pub. We're going to go to the match. It's an eight o'clock kickoff. It should be a good crowd by the sounds of things. You know, the amount of season yep. tickets have been sold. Birmingham sold out the away end. Mm. Just, I can't wait to experience that again. I and like I say, I almost don't care what happens uh, in the actual match itself. Especially when you think that, you know, there were a lot of talk of people saying it'll be years before we get back to full crowds. We were thinking, I, I mean, I, I probably thought, oh, maybe 15, 16 foul next year with the, the max. To, 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 for it to come round this quick almost mm. from where we were this time last season. Um, but yeah, I, I'm never going to sort of take it for granted again, I don't think. Yeah, that's, uh, that's, that is a nice way of putting it. Right, so we're, what we are going to talk about today, we'll get to the Birmingham game later on, as I said. We are going to do pre-season preview and predictions. So we're going to put our, our, stick our necks out on the line, I suppose, and uh, give you some half-educated thoughts on what might happen this season. Before we get to that, uh, obviously it is a couple of weeks now since we released an episode, so there has been some... Some Blades news in that time. We played a friendly against Doncaster Rovers, which we won 4-0. Um, and then we had one cancelled versus Norwich uh, due to COVID, of course. And no replacement fixture arranged. So I, I mentioned last time, um, you know, should I be concerned about our preseason? And here we are. We uh, we are on the eve of the season, essentially. We've played two friendlies almost three weeks apart. Final one was 10 days before the start of the season. One was against a Gibraltar mid-table team. The other was against uh, a League One Doncaster team, who I believe started three trialists. Yeah. Not exactly the most competitive of friendly. So I, I guess we're about to find out if pre-season friendlies actually matter at all. Yeah. What are you, uh, what's your, 
how did you feel with that Norwich game getting cancelled and, and no replacement? Is it, are you more worried or you, do you think this is not actually that big a deal? No, I think it is a worry. I think, I mean, I think it'll definitely impact the beginning of the season. I think I won't be surprised if we, if we have a really slow start anyway, because that, by all accounts, is what you kind of is known for. It takes a while for to get his ideas across and stuff like that. So I suppose on the positive way of looking at it, that we may have had a slow start anyway. You know, mm. if we can pick up a couple of wins in those first five games, all's not lost. Norwich had a poor start last season. It's not like the Premier League where you get off to a poor start and then. You really, as we saw last season, you know, you're really struggling to catch up because the games are that tough. And a good start's important, don't get me wrong, but it's not the be all and the end all. So I don't think it's a write off or anything this season. I'd be really worried if we were going into the Premier League like this. Yeah. Um, really, really worried. But I do think it'll be a slow start. I think I think the players will take at least a month to to get fit. And, you know, we might have to use the squad a bit more. I'm glad the Carlisle games on Tuesday night because that we could use that almost as like as a pre-season friendly to a degree if you know what mm, I mean that's a good point um, so that that helps as I think I'd like to have moved that game like Wednesday did actually you know Wednesday Huddersfield game uh, moved that to this Sunday just gone that would have been good for us but obviously Carlisle didn't want to do that understandably yeah it is a worry it's definitely a worry I think the first month I just hope people understand everything that's going on and, and you know give them a bit of slack it, because I've never known us going to any season with this amount of little amount of preparation. Yeah, I'd, I'd say it's probably worse than last season, isn't it? In terms of preparation, undoubtedly. Yeah, you know, not um, uh, some of that is obviously out of our control. With the um, well, I mean, the, the Norwich game getting cancelled was you know nothing to do with us. It was a COVID outbreak on on their yeah. part, I believe. And obviously, we had the squad, uh, a lot of the first team squad, self isolating and training alone. Um, a couple of weeks ago as well, so yeah, yeah I'd, I'd say it probably is worse than last season. But I guess yeah. we'll we'll find out if that has you know maybe the impact. fact that we've not signed anyone or sold anyone works in our favour to a degree, possibly in that sense because it's not as if we've got a new team, true. Sort of just running straight into the season with all these new players we've never played together before. At least there will be some sort of understanding how each other played. You know what I mean? It's it's quite a settled squad in that sense, which. You know, I, I was all set for a sort of, not necessarily a massive clear-out, but for a lot of changes, and it's not happened. Mm. I don't know, maybe I'm looking at the positive side there, but maybe that's a good thing for us, actually. Yes, I think there's, there is merit to that. I mean, if you think uh, last season, for example, Ramsdale, obviously a new goalkeeper comes in, he's not mm. played behind that defence before, and he wasn't involved at all in pre-season, was he? I don't think he played like 45 minutes, because he was off with the under-21s, no. uh, England under-21s, yeah, that correct. is. Yeah. Whereas this year, you know... we. Even though we've uh, we've only played two friendlies, he has a full season of playing behind Basham and Egan and Jack Robinson and the rest. And so- like I said, I think last season was more important because of the quality of the opposition. Where we did so well the year before, a lot of it was down to our intensity and work rate and, and being fitter, to be to be completely honest, than most teams, in, even in the Premier League, I thought. Once we'd lost that edge, I think that took a massive amount of off our game. I'm not sure if that'll be the case this year because... Obviously, the championship is not as strong. And also, I think we'll be having more possession this year, which makes a massive difference in terms of tiredness. Mm. Maybe we've stumbled upon a magic formula here where uh, pre-season friendlies are actually massively overrated. Well, on the early chat mans, apparently pre-season friendlies, you cancel them all because they don't do anything to your players. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're kind of it's a big, big champ man player, obviously. Um, a <laughs> yeah. couple of uh, outgoings. It sounds like uh, Daniel Jebison going on loan to Sunderland. It's, uh, the mm. report was that he was... I think he watched their friendly the other night and, yeah, this hasn't been confirmed yet. And I think he was used in some marketing material on United's 
website the other day, so yeah, it's not confirmed. But that, that would be. Uh, how would you feel about him going on loan to Sunderland? I think it's a fantastic move for him. I think it's a huge club, massive expectations. As a footballer, he's basically grow up or die. As <laughs> hmm. someone like Sunderland, I mean, it's basically the pressure will be enormous, and that should really help him. I think as a seventeen-year-old. Yeah, I mean, he's played in a pretty high-pressure situation to start Fair. his career. Yeah, I'm, I, I will be. I, I think he, um, if he, if he doesn't go on loan, I think he merits, you know, a place in and around the first-team squad. But yeah, um, but I, I can understand people saying, "Oh, why are we getting rid of him and stuff?" Because he, he's been fantastic, really, since he's come in. Obviously, a few games, maybe for his development, though, playing every week will be better at Sunderland, and I think that's possibly the best move he could get. I would think. It's got to be up there, I think. Yeah, he's, I mean, he's, what is he? he's just turned eighteen, I think. And, yeah. You know, he's, I don't think he's played three hundred minutes of you know senior football yet. All of that being no. with us in the Premier League, so I think him going on to a uh, going on loan to a League One team with aspirations of promotion should be a good move for him. And uh, yeah, yeah, hopefully, uh, if he does indeed good Sunderland, hopefully he'll get plenty of minutes, plenty of chances, and score plenty of goals as well. Um, Femi Sariki sounds like he mm. is joining. Be a shot on loan in the uh, Belgian top division. They are, of course, one of our uh, what's the, what's the word? Are they, are they a sister club? They're part of this this umbrella of United World, aren't they? Um, what's the word I'm looking yeah. for? It's not feeder club. It's like a you know. A I, I do the loan updates, obviously, for the view from. I'm dreading this because they aren't got a they aren't got a forum or anything. But yeah, so but I'm happy for him, but not for me. <laughs> <laughs> so Sariki, of course. Uh, Young right back, right wing back. Uh, he did make he made an appearance last season. Didn't he play like one minute against Newcastle? I think right at the yeah. end of the season. Yeah. Um, but been really good for the under twenty threes all last season. So that's a. I think this is a great move for him. To be honest, I mean, yeah. you know, much better than obviously the level he's been playing at up to this point. There's uh, you know two two blockers through to first team football in his way in Bulldog and Bogle. So. Yeah, that's, uh, well, that's what I was going to say. Is that is uh, does this mean Baldock staying? Because obviously there's been a lot of rumours about him going to Celtic and what have you. So you'd have thought we wouldn't have let our. I I can't think of anyone else who can play right wing back in our team other than Bogle. Uh, so hopefully this is Baldock staying as well. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure those rumours were uh, pretty nonsense, to be honest. Certainly yeah. the amount of money that was being <laughs> quoted. Yeah, here. five million for George Baldock. Go away. Um, <laughs> f- uh, I guess a few other fringe players uh, moving on as well. Uh, I think Jake Eastwood is on trial at Cambridge United, I think I saw. Mm. Sam yeah. Graham has joined Rochdale. So some of the... Broadbent I- as well has gone to Rochdale. Uh, yeah, actually, is Sam Graham at Rochdale? I made that up. Uh, I've not heard that about Sam Graham to be completely honest. I, take, I took you no, away from it. No, he is, yeah. He, he, <laughs> oh, yeah, right. Yeah, not, I've not seen that myself, actually. Yeah, so that's a... Uh, that's a permanent signing, and I think Broadbent has gone there on loan, hasn't he? Yeah, that's um, right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. We, we, what's our relationship with Rochdale? We send was Norrington Davis there for a bit. I feel like he was, wasn't he? Yeah, um, Norrington Davis were there. There's, I'm sure there were another player there. Did we, we send Tyler Smith there? It was that Bristol Rovers that one, not it? In fact, yeah. yeah. Um, I'm sure we've sent someone else there as well, but I can't think. Yeah, obviously we're uh, obviously we've got a good relationship with Rochdale, and I think it helps our players. Um, one of the, I guess, uh, probably the most significant bit of Blaze news uh, was the announcement that Alan Nil has now left the club, um, which is expected, but very sad. And uh, yeah. yeah, I just wanted to quickly, you know, kind of talk about um, his contribution to the Blades, because obviously, 
you know, we did an entire podcast about the Chris Wilder's United, and that's const- that's how I always refer to it. You know, the Wilder yeah. years. But I hope that people sort of know that when I do that, it, I am really talking about the Wilder and Nil years. You know, Chris Wilder yeah. and Alan Nil, and it's hard to remember a. An assistant manager being so important to. I've literally written the same thing. Written the same thing down here that I, I can't think of the top of my head, or, or just I've not gone into depth of it. But there's only Kevin Blackwell that I can think of who sort of made that sort of. You know, Warnock's assistant Blackwell, mm. and everyone used to say, "Oh, he's, he's the brains behind." <laughs> you know what I mean? There's only Alan Nil really that I can think of as assistant manager who's really being respected as much as this. Yeah, I think uh, I think Ian from the uh, Four Blaze podcast suggested um, uh, one of Bassett's assistants, whose name temporarily escapes me because it was before the time. Was probably... Jeff Taylor? Yes, I think it was, yeah, which yeah. was uh, just before my time watching United, but I will uh, bow to his superior knowledge on that one. But even that's going back, what, getting on for 30 years now, isn't it? So that well, really... Some of them, I can't even remember. You know, I mean, Clough had Garner. I don't think he would really that... Well liked. I think we had Lee Carsley, funnily enough, didn't they? He was yeah. the England under twenty one manager. So he is, well. yeah, I forgot that. Yeah. <laughs> um but yeah, I mean I think, you know, in the when Wilder first started, Nil was kind of credited with these, you know, innovative set pieces and I think it would have been quite easy for him just to get pegged as that, but actually mm-hmm. You know, the the longer it went on, the more it became apparent that he was like really a mastermind behind this whole way of playing that we had. Yeah. And yeah, he was. Uh, he was so important to us. I I, I don't know what it, it would have been interesting to know how, like, say he'd been poached for a managerial role after a couple of years, a couple of years with us. Like, how mm. things might have been different. Maybe they wouldn't. You know, it would have been an interesting sort of alternate universe to kind of experience that and uh yeah yeah i wonder uh i wonder where he'll go next and in what i thought capacity. benjamin bloom summed it up well when he said he basically he was the robin to wilder's batman <laughs> which was a really good take from him yeah yeah i suppose uh you know one one thing that wilder did do was try and uh sometimes literally push neil into the limelight didn't he and make sure he yeah. got the uh respect <laughs> yeah. that he felt he was owed as well uh by he i mean Wilder felt that Nil was owed that respect because, yeah, Nil just seemed quite happy to just sort of <laughs> just stand on the sidelines quite literally, didn't he? And just yeah. keep keep out the way. But uh, yeah, he did some. He was a massive part of um, of those five years. And yeah, it's a shame the club couldn't kind of well, club and him, I guess, couldn't figure out the right role for him. But um, I think it were obvious once Wilder yeah. went that, that were it. Uh, I mean, I'm trying to think again, is there any other assistant manager who has had a chance? Because obviously you've seen Chrissy Wilder and Alan Nil. I can't think of another assistant manager who got that sort of, like got a chance for himself. No, I mean, Kevin Blackwell got a few chants for himself, but perhaps not, <laughs> not to be repeated on this podcast, yeah. I don't think. So, uh, yeah, there we go, mate. Farewell, Alan Nil, and uh, big thanks for your time with the Blazer. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm going to watch with interest where he ends up next and, and what he does, because, yeah. Just before we move on, uh, David Williams, he's just reminding me, do you know he's the lone manager now at uh, Brighton, which I didn't even know were a position. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think I did actually. Yeah, I feel like he was. He might have been loan manager somewhere else before that. Like, yeah, loan manager sounds kind of like <laughs> mortgages and stuff. Yeah, well, it's like he's working at a bank. Imagine going <laughs> to like David Weir for a mortgage. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, oh, I was going to make some terrible joke about moving sideways on the property ladder, so I won't do that. Thank you. Uh, yeah, that, that's the best way to make a terrible joke is just talk around the joke that you didn't make because it was so bad. <laughs> anyway, let's. Uh, I think that's all. Any other any other blades news, mate? I mean, there's, there's strong rumours of a uh, yeah. a fantastically named midfielder, um, Ronaldo yeah. Vieira, possibly joining. In the in the near future, so um, yeah, maybe we'll yeah. Be... The Athletic today has said that United are in advanced talks with a couple. I mean, the Athletic are normally quite good with us as well, so you'd have mm. thought something's. Cl- I don't know who the other ones are. I don't know if it's you know, obviously Ben Davis all being rumored. Is it James Garner, Man United? No, oh, yeah, uh, he got rumored as well, and obviously Harvey Elliott. I can't see Harvey Elliott because he's so highly rated at Liverpool. You thought you'd think they'd want him in a Prem team next season. Yeah, maybe. Worked with Jukanovic before, didn't he? Uh, yeah. At yeah. Fulham. Um, so I think that was probably the link. Yeah, the, the Ben Davies one makes sense from a footballing perspective, as in we uh, sadly need someone who can play left centre-back, I guess. But it, yeah. it, it does sort of feel like we're just being linked with the players that Wilder was into before, which mm. might be not the case anymore at all. So. Well, Mitchell's still there, isn't he? Maybe that's... No, that's true. It may yeah. be that it's that. I mean, like you say, it does make sense. I think I, I can't... I won't turn my nose up at signing Ben Davis, put it that way. No, no, definitely not. Um, but yeah, hopefully by the next time we record, uh, we'll have some more news on that front. Right, shall we get into our, our preview content, mate, for the season yes. coming up? So we're going to start, obviously, with the Blades, and we're going we're gonna to preview how the season might go. And I'm going to take a slightly uh, different tack to this, purely because there's so many uncertainties about our season um like to the to the extent where i just don't remember us having this much uncertainty we obviously have a new manager we're playing in a different division to what we were last season some of our more important players uh are either returning from injury or are still missing through injury or are hoping to bounce back from terrible form so rather than do like the you know the the 1 to 24 style predictions which i've i've really enjoyed the not the top 21 yeah. and the Benjamin Bloom one this week as well. Rather than do that and give you like a, a whole thing about how United season will definitely go, I thought we could discuss what we think are the best case and worst case scenarios for United this season. So yeah. basically what needs to happen for us to have a great season and what could happen that would lead us to have a terrible one. Um, I think I think when we've done this, we can say which side of this we lean towards and give like an actual placing prediction just so we're not totally sitting on the fence but yeah i think it's best to sort of consider this from all angles purely because there are so many unknowns so should we should we start with the worst case and get that out of the way yeah. and then we can then we can stop feeling better about ourselves <laughs> um well let, let me let me start with this before we get into some reasons what do you, what actually would be the worst case like what do you think is the 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 flaw for this season don't say relegation. I'm going to say real people would say the worst thing that can happen is relegation. Realistically, that's not going to happen unless there's some massive financial problems at the club we don't know about and we get points knocked off. I want to thought. Mm. I don't want to be. I don't think that's sounding arrogant. I think no, the worst I case. Think I think the worst case scenario is a, is the Brian Robson season mm. when we you know I think. The worst case scenario for me is we get off to a dodgy start, which I think is entirely possible, as I said earlier, um, and we never recover. Like I said, like the Robson season where you have a few results and you think, here we go, now we're cooking, and then you get no consistency and you never get you know, you never get on a run of games. I think 
this could happen if the decline in Norwood and Fleck continues as rapidly as it did last season and Brewster and McBurney continue to offer very little. Mm. We do lack depth in midfield and centre-half. As it stands, we're only a few injuries away from possibly relying on young lads who haven't played senior football. So this is the worst-case scenario, is that we have a bad start, we get a few injuries. Norwood and Fleck, it turns out, are pretty much finished. Mm. Brewster and McBurney don't find any form whatsoever and we're just sort of plodding along. Yeah, one one of my sort of uh, yeah it, it areas that is like basically this would lead to us having a worst case season is what if the players are actually bad now? Mm, <laughs> like, yeah. and, and Norwood and Fleck are the two that I absolutely would underline with that. We you know we had yeah. most of a season of poor performance from them, and what if, as you say, that is their true level now? As in, yeah. they they have declined; they've reached the end of their. Uh, ability, if you like, yeah. And then if if that's the case, we have hardly any depth in midfield. Uh, we don't have much depth at centre back, to be honest. You know, no. we're one injury at centre back away from having pretty much nothing there, to be honest. Even if we're just yeah. even if we're playing a back back four, so two centre backs. Um, I'd say just to sort of lob into that as well, that two, arguably three of our best players are reaching the end of their career from a, a physical perspective or an age yeah. perspective, I'll say, that being David McGoldrick and Chris Basham and then Billy Sharp as well. I, I guess, you know, Sharp is probably... He won't play as many minutes as those two will, for sure, but still... No, like, but he's still, probably the fittest as well. Well, no, Basham's <laughs> the fittest, in fact, but Billy Sharp, he doesn't look like a 36-year-old when he's on the pitch, I don't think. I think he, he he's kept himself well. Absolutely. They all have, in fact. You know, but obviously, we all know how fit Basham is. But, you know, it's that age. The injuries are going to catch up with him. Basham got his first injury in ever, <laughs> <laughs> basically, last season. Um, so, these things are going to happen. Yeah. So, what, what, if, what if this is the year they fall off a physical cliff? Then... <sighs> Then, then again, you 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 know, we're hoping that McBurney and Brewster are going to step into that. As I say, if Basham's, uh, you know, say Basham suddenly has a massive physical drop off, or or he does get injured, then it's uh, what is it? I guess it's going to be Egan and Jack Robinson as your yeah. your only, only two centre backs. Am I missing someone? No, no, I mean, um, uh, outside of the youth team, Knighton Davis could play left centre half if you go for three at the back, mm. but. If Egan gets injured and Basham gets injured, we'll. I, I really don't know what. I mean, you'd have to play one of the young lads, wouldn't you, Lapore yeah. or uh, um, go on? Is it Gomez? Uh, I don't actually. Uh, I know who you mean, Nixie and Gomez, is it? But I, I don't know if yeah, he's a defender yeah. or not. I can't think of anyone else who could step in there. Yeah, so uh, that's a problem. So <laughs> please don't get injured, either of those two players. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, as you mentioned, Yukanovic uh, is a slow starter. That does seem to be the reputation that he's uh, he's acquired. You know, we saw that when he was at Fulham. And, and what if we just can't throw ourselves out of that funk? I mean, it's it's not the easiest start, I don't think. No. Um, I, I, it's, it's certainly a lot nicer than looking at a Premier League fixture list and going, oh my God, <laughs> we're not going to win a yeah. game until November. But... First game's a bit of an unknown. It's first game with fans back, and it's a you know it's a sold out away end after eighteen months, pretty much of playing in empty stadiums. It's, you know that that does add an element of uh, I don't know variance, I suppose, about mm. what's actually going to happen. Uh, you know, I think on paper we should beat Birmingham, but 
it's a one-off game, as I say, first game with fans back. Who knows if the players will react positively. That's our players and their players as well. Um, then Swansea and West Brom away. Yep. I mean, I'll get on to Swansea in a bit, one of my other predictions. West Brom are... I think a consensus pick for promotion, which is yep. not not too surprising. And we did see last season how hard it can be to turn around a bad start, and it's the same group of players who carry those scars as well. It's not like mm. it's not like we've refreshed the squad. If we somehow, you know, if we did end up say losing our first three games or only getting one point from three games or four games, something like that, that could have a psychological impact. I, I, I don't know. Yeah. It, yeah. it took a lot for this team to. I mean, look, we didn't win a game till. February, January, it went on forever last January, season. Yeah, I think, yeah, January. yeah, yeah. Twenty-one games or whatever it was. Yeah, yeah. So that would worry me. Um, what else have you got on your worst case scenario? If, if anyone's <laughs> switching <laughs> off, we're going to get to the good stuff. We're not saying this is what's definitely going to happen, but I do think it merits discussion. I'm, I'm not. Uh, yeah. I'm not totally sort of uh, on board that we're going to absolutely smash the league train for this one. So I do want to cover these as well. What else have you got? I just think that. The, the fans as well will be. We're expecting to have a good season. I think mm. everyone's expecting to. I don't think everyone's expecting promotion. Maybe not, but I think everyone's expecting to at least have a go at promotion. Or the vast majority of people, at least, thinking. You look at the division and you think we should be up there. Everyone's tipped us to be top six. Every prediction video I've seen, every uh, newspaper that I've seen, every you know, any media outlet has got us top six. Bit of pressure on us, which didn't actually happen in the Wilder season, I don't think. I don't think when Wilder took us up, I think we were saying we, we could push for playoffs. You know, it, we, you know, we had a decent season last time, but no one really, no one expected automatic. I think if you and when you and Jay were doing Blaze Pod, I, 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 before that season, I think if you'd have said a fancy is for automatic, everyone would be going, What? You know what I mean? There were no real expectations, and I think those expectation levels are, are they're gonna have to. The players are going to have to step up to that because some of them, even you know, your likes of Fleck and stuff, probably not had that expectation since the League One days. Mm, it's a good point. I think also on the crowd, like I don't expect this to happen, but who knows? What happens if the crowd is is more divided mm. in the wake of Wilder leaving than uh, than you and I expect? I guess you know we're in our we're in our little uh, uh, what's the word echo chamber yeah. bubble here. What if yeah. actually the majority of people that go to the games and we have a bad start are, uh, you know, what if there becomes this very anti-Prince, anti-owner yeah. sentiment? Well, look, and... if, we, if we got to a bad start, we all know certain people on Twitter, you know, I'll be saying, this is what you, you see, what you've lost with Wilder, Bob, and you're straight off the back. There are undoubtedly people there who are waiting for us to, you know, be poor. Mm. And that could, yeah, and uh, and that could grow and grow and grow and grow. I remember when Warnock left, and everyone, pretty, much, I don't say everyone, but a lot of people wanted Warnock to leave after that relegation season in the Premier League. They were like, he's done his, you know, he's done what he can. He's end of his end of his uh, career with us here. And then by about two months into the season, I fully remember chance on the court. We want our Warnock back. <laughs> Do you know what wow. I mean? And Warnock was not anywhere near as popular as Chris Wilder, so that that's definite possibility. Yeah, you could say that again. I'm so relieved Wilder isn't like the West yeah. Brom manager or something like oh, that. I literally air punched. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, can you just imagine? It would almost be like the you know you look out for the Sheffield double thing, or like when United lose and then you see yeah you're like sort of through your fingers checking the Wednesday score, hoping that they haven't won because yeah, just yeah, bit, yeah. It would be a bit of that if we lost and uh, you know Wilder's West Brom won. 
very annoying. Yeah. Um, yeah. My my other worst case scenario: what happens if we sell Berg and Ramsdale and end up yeah. with yeah. Fodderingham or some quick replacement in goal because we've run out of time towards the transfer yeah. deadline? That would be bad. Losing I've Berg. I've got that down. I've yeah. got that down as I'll be leaving it too late in the transfer market if there's a sale on the final day. Oh, we got, have we got anything lined up, basically? We've seen it before with United. I know it's a different ownership and different manager. I do feel more comfortable that we've got plans in place, but, you know, that's just that's a feeling rather than anything I know. Yeah, I feel I feel pretty comfortable that Ramsdale's not going to go anywhere without, without us making serious progress towards signing a, a proper replacement, not a stopgap. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but obviously, I think Berger's a bit more of a question mark. I, I think I keep calling him... Burger, but it's Berg, right? Sander Berg. I think it's Berg. Sander Burger. I, I it's Burger. No, it yeah, is Burger. Sorry. Long, I know. This is it. <laughs> I, I've forgotten how to say his damn name. Yeah, Burger. <laughs> there we go. Um, losing him would leave us incredibly light in midfield as it stands. I mean, I know we get Luke. I know Luke Freeman comes back into the fold, but he's just spent a season not doing very much and being injured wow. at Nottingham Forest. He's also, uh, I mean, if, if, if Berger leaves, then we have. We have four central midfielders, three of whom are left-footed, I think. That's right. That's and one correct, of them is yeah. Norwood, who was not particularly mobile last season. Um, mm. And this would be why we're interested in a player like Ronaldo Vieira, I imagine. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, losing those two definitely pushes us into um, worst-case scenario, I think. Mm. Um, which which one would worry you most about if, if, if we lost? If you could pick one of those... Which one do you think would have the biggest impact on us from a, a negatively? That's a really interesting point. I'm tempted to say Sander Berger would be the easiest to replace, not because I don't think we get anyone as good as him, but there's probably more options to replace him, if that makes sense. I think getting a good goalkeeper is difficult. If you look at, you know, look at Wednesday for instance, they had Dawson and Wildsmith. Uh, some other goalkeepers that they never really they, they had to go back to Westwood who's thirty nine years old. It's difficult to get a goalkeeper. I feel that, and then Wilder were really good at this. That, but getting a goalkeeper that you feel you know really confident with. Jamal Blackman were good, for instance. I wouldn't want him in for a full season. Yeah, I guess not. I've asked you that question without any preparation, and I, I don't. Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't actually. I, I, yeah, I don't feel I can confidently ask answer it myself. To be honest, I was just no. thinking. You know, they, it does feel like there's a lot of potential with Berger to have a massive season. And I also sort of feel... Uh, I, I agree with what you're saying. It's it's not easy to find a good goalkeeper. But if we're going to be a good team, which is what's expected of us, then how important is it that we have like a really good goalkeeper in the Championship? Or can we just get yeah. by with an average goalkeeper? I mean, Well, Leeds went up with Kiko Casilla, didn't they? So. <laughs> yeah, I feel like there's another Brentford uh, just went up with... Is it Raya? I don't feel he's particularly uh, yeah, good yeah. either. I mean, can, can we can we find a Simon Moore of the Championship? Who isn't Simon Moore? You know, who yeah. is, a, is a good enough goalkeeper, but... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Isn't like a like steady a, day, basically. Yeah, isn't isn't going to cost you games, but probably isn't going to be needed to win you too many games either. Um, mm. So yeah, to, to return to the question, I, I I don't know. I feel like probably losing Berger would be the the bigger impact on the team. Maybe I'm being biased there because I think there's more chance of us keeping Ramsdale than Berger. I'll still be uh-huh. really surprised if the window closes and Berger's still here. I hope I'm wrong. I, I yeah. just I find it incredible that he's still here. To be honest. Indeed. Right, well, that is the worst-case scenario. And like you, I think that, that Brian, Roms- Brian Robson comp 
is a good one. I uh, mm. yeah, I, I you know I think the the floor for this team is got to be sort of lower mid table. You know, not in any. I, I just don't buy the oh Sunderland went down. You know, did back to back relegations. Mm-hmm. Like it's completely different circumstances. Yeah, it is. I think you know, even though we've gone through a slightly messy divorce with the previous manager, I think off off the field the club is in quite good order. I would say you know mm. decisions seem to be taken. Uh, from a sensible perspective, we've just gone yeah. out and got probably the best manager we could get on paper. Mm. At, at time of recording, we haven't, you know, had a fire sale or anything like that. Um, yeah, I, I, I just don't see us. I think a lot of, I think a lot of things would need to go wrong for us to have that worst case scenario. I mean, by yeah. def, by definition, um, that is what we've just discussed, I suppose. But yeah, lower mid-table is definitely my my flaw for this team. So let's talk the positive side. And then after we've done this, we'll say, we'll get, we'll give our true feelings as yeah. to where we think this is actually going to go. Um, what's what your best case scenario is presumably winning the league? Do you, do you, or do you, would yeah. you ca- cap it lower than that? No, I think we can win the league. I think, uh, I'm not saying we're going to, but there I think we go. it wouldn't be it. that. I don't... <laughs> I don't think anyone would be surprised if we did. The best case scenario is we're simply too strong for the competition like Norwich and Watford were. Mm. I do think it's a poor league. I think it's far worse than the one that we left. There's no money going around. Two of the parachute teams from last season went up. So that's helped us, I think. Uh, And undoubtedly on paper, one of the strongest sides. I don't think there's anyone that we should really fear. We outplayed West Brom twice last season. We outplayed Fulham at home in the first half. To be fair, they were fantastic in the... the, uh, uh, Second half, and they were the better side when we played them away. But they've lost seven players or whatever it is on loan. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, I think we would have gone down last season regardless anyway, but I also do think the injuries we had last season were ridiculous. And touch wood, we'll avoid that this season. Certainly hope so. Yeah, that that strength of league thing is something I've got written down as like contributing mm. to best-case scenario. So i was heartened listening to not the top 20 that they also said that this feels like the weakest the championship has been yeah uh in the the whole time they've been doing the podcast which i think is at least five years something like that so yeah yeah yeah, yeah. certainly since um you know since we got promoted into the championship under wilder and it does feel a bit like that i mean mm. yeah as you say the 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 parachute teams that came down two of them have gone back up bournemouth kind of uh I mean, they made the playoffs, didn't they? But they're also yeah. a little bit of a... You know, they don't have much financial clout about them in terms of, uh, you know, fan base, essentially, like commercial no, point of view. No, huge underachieved last year, Bournemouth, to be fair, I thought. Um, mm. Just basically scraped into the playoffs in the end, I think. Yeah. Unlike the last time we are in this division, there's no leads under Bielsa, who, yep. uh, you know, we're, we're clearly a team on the up, as we saw last mm. season, and we'll, we'll probably see this season, much as it uh, pains me to say so. There's no Aston Villa with their, you know, cheat code hundred million pound Jack Grealish. Yeah, Grealish, Abraham, uh, John McGinn. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't, I don't see that team. Um, and I think actually, when you know, we'll get onto which teams we will predict for promotion. It's quite boring this year. I mean, there, there probably will be some surprise. I guess there'll be some surprise teams that, you know, people aren't seeing at the moment that turn out to be really good, but. I feel like normally there's the case for that where you can point to a team like Norwich and go that that Buendia is actually really really good or you know Bielsa's a tremendous manager this is clearly yeah. going to trend in that direction Grealish is tremendous he can carry a team to promotion on his own 
outside of the three relegated teams and maybe a couple of others, I I don't see that really. So yeah, well, just going it's... back to the season we got promoted, you had also Middlesbrough who had loads of money at that point. And they had Pulis as manager. Do you remember, like, sort of the Asambalonga cost them ten million or something like that? They were, yeah, you know, they had a lot of players. Traore played for them. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, and then you also had teams like Swansea, who had Dan James and McBurney up front. Yeah. Uh, which is not, you know, I don't, I don't see that's that's a good partnership in that league. And then the likes of Brentford, who were always strong. You know, I think it were, and then Stoke, who came down, had a terrible season. But you looked at the team, and they had some good players. They really did, yeah. Derby had uh, oh, yeah, England, Derby, England's yeah. Mason Mount. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, it weren't a bad league, that, were it? <laughs> it weren't, no. Tom- I think Tomori, has he just gone to Inter or AC Milan, yeah, I think? Tomor- yeah, that's right, yeah. yeah. <sighs> I don't know. Maybe uh, maybe in 12 months we're sat here going, oh, look, this guy should probably be in the England squad, this kid yeah. who's playing for Stoke or Barnsley or whoever. But... Yeah, yeah. I don't see it right now. It does feel like a weak division and that... Uh... And I think I did the view from um, championship teams, you know, like every championship team, what they thought. And a lot of them were saying the disparity in the division between the teams coming down uh, and Bournemouth and the rest of them was such a... You know, it was huge compared to what it has been in recent years. So even fans of these clubs themselves are saying it. This is what I like to hear. Right, my other one of my other contributing factors... What if we just shrug off the malaise that we've been in all of yeah. last season? It's been a nice long break from last season, which, you know, unlike the previous year, we had a shorter preseason. Whereas I know we've just talked about how it was a mess, but in terms of the actual physical time that has taken place from us losing every week to now, that is quite a long break. And who knows, maybe not playing games for, you know, and actually having a holiday and stuff like that. You know, I think only. Uh, a couple of the Welsh lads were at the Euros, weren't they? Yeah, Fleck as well. Um, Fleck and Norrit and Davis, only two, I think. Of course, yeah, Ampadu was only on there, wasn't it? Yeah. Of course. Um, and didn't so play, it, so... Yeah, yeah, so it has been a proper break from football, which might help refresh the mind as well as the body. should also say, last season didn't end that badly. Either. I've written this down myself, yeah. Go on, then. I'll let you speak I, I, about it. We got enough points from the... January onwards last season, I think I'm right in saying, to finish uh, 16th. I think that was the case, what I looked like. I, it may have changed, but the fact that we won the last game suggests to me that we would have been saved. I think we won eight games uh, in a year, in, in, a, in a calendar year in the Premier League. I think people have got this idea, understandably so, because of how bad we started. But I've looked at prediction videos. They're saying, oh, Sheffield United were appalling. They're coming down with this losing mentality. And of course we are. But they actually, we did pick up quite dramatically compared to what we have been. We had yeah. two points at Christmas and we finished with 21. It's not brilliant. I'm not saying, oh my, this is what a turnaround. But it's not a bad return, really, in a calendar year, eight wins. Yeah. So what if, yeah, what if it's not as bad as I painted earlier there? And what if, you know, this team is is ready to go? I mean, the other thing is that I said about the players might carry scars of a bad start if we have a bad start this mm-hmm. time, but... The players have been here in the championship and done it before. They've got promoted yeah. before this. Ten of the first team squad got promoted with us two years ago. Time will tell if that if that's like a good thing or a bad thing. But from where I'm sat, that feels like a good thing. That feels like well, a hey, West we're Brom good enough last... to be good in the championship. The West Brom games last season, both of them, I thought we looked far better than them. I'm not saying we are far better than they finished above us with more points. It would be ridiculous for me to say we are. But just in those two one-off games, and you're thinking West Brom are going to be one of the big challengers, we looked so much more 
cohesive, I thought, than though in both games. They were really lucky to beat us, obviously, at their ground. I think we had, well, did we have 18 shots or something like that. <laughs> that game was ridiculous. And then the home game, again, I thought we, we, we easily deserved the win. So maybe we're not as bad as we think or, or we, you know, last season. Another thing I will say is that last season was the outlier of the last five years. It's, it's pretty much the same group of players, give mm. or take, you know, a few players coming in. And they had four incredible years. And last year, in a season that I still don't really class as being serious, to be honest, mm. I, I'm, I'm probably just being biased there and probably making excuses. <laughs> but no fans, you know, it, it was just a, everyone's saying the same, you know, but just a ridiculous season. That's the one season out of the five. And maybe we're on a downward spiral, obviously. That's that's how it happens. But is was that just sort of a freak season where everything went against us? I'm like, again, this is the positive section, so don't at me saying, oh, he's, you know, he's just talking nonsense, sticking up for the club for no reason. But it could be, I think. It could. Well, I've got fans being back as another best-case scenario yeah. uh, factor. Um, you know, I, th- I think we... I think it was said by lots of football fans, not just United fans, but um, around the league, I suppose, that oh, Sheffield United have been really affected by the lack of fans in grounds. They had mm. you know, such a close bond between fans and, and players and manager. And, you know... Well, that's back. You know, fans are back, baby. We're back in the ground on Saturday. Um, That could act as a massive lift. And hopefully, you know, it'll be a vociferous crowd that get behind the team and the new manager. And and we're, you know, we've just sat through a really unenjoyable season. What if this team is fun to watch again? What if it scores lots of goals? What if we're just on a total high from being able to do something again and in a big crowd? What if Bramall Lane is like this absolutely jump in place that it was a couple of years ago. Well, this is essentially the same squad that finished ninth in the Premier League two years ago. Mm-hmm. That, you know, that that should... If I, were, if I were the manager, I'd be saying, you know, the confidence that should give you... I mean, obviously, people might say oh, it was just a fluke, you're on a high momentum, and obviously that were a... Momentum in particular were a, were a massive thing about it, but they are still the same squad of players who... Played absolutely phenomenally against the likes of Chelsea and Man United just two seasons ago. Yeah, I'm going to get a bit uh, blasphemous here. What if uh, what if Wilder was actually harming this team by the end, <laughs> <laughs> and a, and a new manager simply having a new manager will purge some of that. I mean, you can't deny we're stuck in a rut, weren't we? Just trotting out yeah. the same formation and some of the same players. I mean, Lundstrom. I've I've written down Lundstrom's gone as like a. You know, a, a small plus, if you like, in in like yeah, a thing yeah, that yeah. should help us because I think it does help us that that situation is resolved now, and we we aren't carrying a player who isn't going to be here and doesn't want to be here. But you know, we were stuck in that rut, weren't we? And there was no mm. real sign of trying anything different, which is kind of insane when you think about it. That we just kept banging our head against the wall and, and getting the exact same result, which was usually yeah. a a defeat without scoring for months and months and months, far longer than most managers would get that level of slack at any other club, to be honest. And yeah. what if the simple act of a fresh face? I mean, this is, look, I, I, I realise I'm uh, criticising Wilder here, which I, I think he deserves some criticism that we have sent his way, definitely in the, the last couple of months, I suppose. But we, we were saying, weren't we, can't we just let Wilder go on holiday for six months? Like, yeah. Just yeah. take the rest of the season off, pick it up again in the summer. Yeah. Because we wanted him to come back fresh, to just like separate himself from this, have a like a mental break almost, and just come back with fresh ideas and a fresh yeah. approach. Well, it's not gone the way that you and I wanted, but we have got a new manager who hopefully 
we'll do some of that and we'll you know bring some joy back to the players i suppose i mean it, it'd it just... be interesting because it, it could go either way I, I said on the wilder pod that was it just the end of the line because that mm-hmm. happens was it the end of the cycle wilder mm-hmm. had done had done what it, it, it achieved miracles but was he almost like the i mean again take this into context that this is the best case scenario we're talking about was he sort of the worst man for the job after everything that had happened if you know what i mean was he did he need a fresh challenge did we need a, a fresh face this will obviously all become clear this season yeah indeed um sort of related to that really is uh Developing some tactical flexibility is in my best case scenario list, which, or at least moving away from something that become really stayed last season, which is, is what I was kind of touching on there. Uh, you know, Jukanovic, by all accounts, uh, is is more likely to play in a different way than we've played in certainly last season, but probably the season before that as well, when we were were more counter attacking. I think you know we're probably going to yeah. move towards. Um, quite a high intensity press, a possible back four, try and be more possession heavy as well, which we definitely were under Wilder in the championship and league one, like mm. sort of as a byproduct of how good we were, but it was also, that was the game plan, wasn't it? It was to, you know, uh, yeah, pin yeah. teams back and then uh, work those overloads. And, and you didn't see the Donny game, did you? Cause you were on holiday. I, I, I was really The flexibility of the players, it were almost, mm. I was so confused at times about what we were doing, not in a, in a, in a bad way, People were popping up all over the place. You were like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa! This is—we we stick to this system. We're not—we don't do this." You know what I mean? It yeah. was just sort of John Fleck on the right, and you were like, "No, no, he's, he's at the other end." So it'd be interesting to see how that plays out. Definitely, I think. I think, yeah. My my thing here is that. I mean, I won't be shocked if we line up in a three-five-two against Birmingham. I'd be surprised. No, I, I actually think that possibly may be the best case scenario given the preseason that we've had. Yes, I, I think. I think I'd be slightly surprised just for. Well, maybe I won't be that surprised actually, but I, I, but yes, I'm saying I, I wouldn't be shocked. Certainly, yeah. I, I just uh, I, I think we probably will get with the back four. But anyway, my my point is really that um, we'll have some flexibility that we didn't show yeah. last season. That we can try these players in a different system and with a different way of playing than the hideously ineffective way that we saw last season. I mean, we. Yeah. We just didn't score, did we? The idea is <laughs> in almost just every game, keeping keep games as long as you can, and then just lose by the on goal. That was the yeah. Plan. <laughs> so I'm, I'm, I, I think we're going to see a lot more, uh, maybe horses for courses type. You know, tweaking the formation mm-hmm. on the fly, maybe in games as well, or you know, playing a different way for different opponents. So I think that will definitely help us. Um, one other thing in my best case list: that strike force. Yeah, I've got this. Yes. That strike force is very good on paper. Uh and not just on paper but in recent history as well. So the last let me give you the goal returns of these four players the last time they were in the championship. David McGoldrick 15 goals, McBurney 22 goals, Billy Sharp 23 goals, Ryan Brewster 10 goals in just 20 games in half a season with Swansea. Now, excuse me, apart from Brewster, you're going back two seasons there for three of them. Mm-hmm. Oof, that is four very good strikers, though, at this level. And I haven't even mentioned Mousse and, uh, well, I guess Ollie Burke as well in that conversation. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, well, well, what do you think about this, then? I, I didn't hear this myself. I certainly asked two for him. Keith Edwards has said, we've only got one proven striker at this level. And I'm like, that is 
the worst take I've heard for a long time. <laughs> no offense to Keith Edwards, I like him. You know, obviously a legend and all this sort of stuff. But I don't know how you can say. I'm not saying it's going to work out this way, but I don't know how you can say we don't have any proven goal scorers outside Billy Sharp when McBurney got as many as Sharp the last time he was in the league and Brewster got a goal every other game. If there's one thing our strikers are, it is proven in the championship. This is it. And it might not work out. They might, mm-hmm. you know, Brewster might just have been a flash in the pan that season. McBurney might have lost it. You know, Sharp might be too old. But that I just thought that was such a poor take because it, it, it just doesn't add up. The facts are there. I don't think it's an opinion to say we do have four proven strikers. Whether they prove themselves this season, that's we can't say that. But on yeah. paper, you look at those four and you think, well, what more do you want? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's absolutely no. It, it's not a you know, like past performance is not a, a guarantee of future no. success. But I mean, if you were you know, if you were telling me that we'd signed someone who scored 22 goals in the championship last season and he was mm. going to be our starting striker, like sign me up. That sounds amazing. If we'd have come like, down the first season, say, oh, even this season, and then our two signings this season were McBurney and Brewster, you'd be like, whoa, <laughs> yeah, steady on, lads. They'd give the yeah. rest of the league a chance. Yeah, <laughs> yeah if this is it, and it, I mean, we're so you. I mean, McGoldrick and Sharp apart, who had, I think they McGoldrick was outstanding. I think Sharp yeah. had a good season last season. I, I, do. Think, yeah, I think that's I fair do. to say. I'm not going to write Sharp off as well, by the way. I'd like to say that. But everyone's talking about Brewster or McBurney or Moose. Sharp will wrestle his way into the team, I think. He always does. Definitely. Completely agree. I've actually seen more people say, don't be writing Billy Sharp off than, yeah. than people who are actually writing <laughs> yeah, Billy Sharp yeah. off. Because I'm definitely not one of them. Um, but yeah, we got so used to seeing McBurney struggle last season. They had all his off-field stuff. And you know, Brewster's got this... Uh, albatross around the neck of um, his price tag, which which I, I think goes up about half a million every time I see it quoted. It's, yeah. it's one of them, and he obviously didn't score, and you know it looks terrible because I think he played. They made like twenty seven appearances last season. You know, people just com- people outside of United completely overlook the fact that I think like twenty of them were from the bench or something ridiculous yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. So we're so used to seeing them those players struggle, but. They have been good in the Championship. The Championship is not as good as the Premier League. We're going to have more possession. We're going to create more chances. This could be an insanely good strike for us this season. And it's not to mention the other player that I've got written down here, but imagine if Lisa Mousset plays around 2,000 minutes this season. That's yeah. So that's equivalent to about 22 full games. That's less than half of the full season. It would be more than he's managed in any season in his career. Um, and it would almost double his entire career league minutes yeah. as well. So it is an ask. He's but it shouldn't be that much of an ask. He's never 90 minutes, Moussey, in England. <laughs> so, Lise Moussey is a professional footballer. <laughs> it shouldn't be too much to hope that he can play half the season. Yeah. If he does play half the season, whoa! <laughs> you know, yeah. that guy was dynamite when he was fit in that first yeah. season. I know it's easy to say, well, it was just for a couple of months, but... But it was a season-defining couple of months. Yeah, that you're bought... stealing my thunder a bit here for for a, um, a, a category later on. So I'm keeping okay. my uh, powder dry a little bit. But yeah, keep it, <laughs> keep it dry. Um, if he if he can stay fit, and then you throw him in with those all those other goals of McGoldrick, mm. McBurney, Brewster, Sharp. Wow, that's that is devastating. That is. You know, I, I would look if another club had that, I'd be looking at that with total envy at this level and yeah, thinking, completely. "Oh my god, they're uh, going to score a thousand goals." The Bournemouth, one of the Bournemouth fans on the view from that got said, "If if they can get Moussa fit, which is the biggest if of all time, um, mm-hmm. he'll get twenty five goals at, the, at this level." 
that's what I like to hear. If he plays 22 yeah. games, he gets 25 goals. Beautiful. <laughs> um, what about if Jack O'Connell comes back for the second half of the season? Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. And comes <laughs> back to his, his peak performances. Yeah. That's uh, that, that's what I want to say. That see. is up there with... If he comes back to the performance levels that he did, which is, again, this is the most positive thing we can think of. We're at, we're at that section. Mm-hmm. I, I genuinely think we go up. I think it's that important. I love it. I'll tell you one other thing that I think helps us get promoted is if Sander Berger sticks around and we end up with one of the best central midfielders in the championship. And I just... I know, I know we haven't seen much from Berger because obviously... Uh, he came in midway through the first season. It kind of disrupted the rest of the team a little bit. I think you know we were. That's that's unfair. Actually, we we shoehorned him into a role that he yeah. had not played before, and it definitely took him some time to to learn to it. And then there was this whole global pandemic thing as well. Just after moving to a, a new club and a new country, yeah. and then last season, obviously, he started well, then played badly, then got injured, and we haven't seen him since. But when I have seen him. And certainly what I expect to see of him if he's still here in the championship, it's almost like having two midfielders. Like He, he frees yeah. up the rest of the team because he can do everything, because he can be a, a holding midfielder and a ball carrier. He can drive forward with it. And he is such a big physical presence that is almost impossible to tackle when he gets on the ball. And I'm and hoping just... if we get more possession and more possession style of play, which is something he's not had with us, he can impose himself much more. Because we, the thing with Berger, I think... He's in most games. He'll look really good for about half an hour, and then not really get involved as much for the other sixty minutes. But in that half an hour, you see his talent. If we have more possession, you should see more of that thirty minute. You know, becoming longer and longer. Definitely, and um, even in the Premier League, you know, there's limited times where he got on the ball in the final third. Mm. So many times he put in a great cross, and yeah. you know he, he chipped in with a. Uh, did he, I think he had a couple of goals, or maybe it was just the one goal. Just the one against Spurs, yeah. Uh, that's right, yeah. But certainly, you know, some oh, really it's against good Liverpool crosses. as a pen as well. Sorry, oh, that's what I'm thinking of. Yeah, yeah. Just really good crosses, kind of getting to the byline and really driving into the box. Linked up well with Basham as well. Um, yeah, I think if he sticks around, that is it's just going to be such a huge plus for our team for sure. Mm. Um, anything else that contributes towards the best case scenario? Well, I think there's a case, and I'm not saying I think this myself, but I think there's a case to say <laughs> this sounds like if people just switch on halfway through, we think we're like the most deluded fans <laughs> in the world here. But uh, I think there's a case to say we've got the best keeper, centre off, midfielder, and striker in the league. Oh, I think you could put that forward. I'm not saying I agree with this, by the way, but I think I, if someone put me in a, in a debate, I think I could make a case at least for, for each of those positions. That's fantastic. I hadn't thought of that. That's that really that's got me very excited now. <laughs> um my my final thing I suppose, you know, we we talked already a couple of times about oh, Yukanovic always gets off to a to a slow start. What if he doesn't get off to a slow start? Oh, never loses. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was just thinking more, you know, what if what if we you know, the players are just so good that um relative to the competition that we you know, don't don't dig a hole for ourselves. What if we have a yeah. good start to the season and I don't know, say win two of our first three games or something like that, and suddenly we're sitting quite comfortably in the playoff places before we've even really figured if out we win the what first we're doing. Three games, I think they just start order the order the bus. 
that's all I'm saying. <laughs> Lovely stuff. Ah, oh, well, that feels much better. Any any yeah. other uh, things to lob into the mix there? As, uh... No, I think that's about it. I mean, we've just basically said we're, we're the greatest side. Yeah, that's, in the world, that's so. how to win the championship. So, yeah. just before we uh, we move on. Which side of this do you come down on? You know, we talked through the worst case, we talked through the mm. best case. Let's. Uh, I want you to. I want you to actually give me a, a prediction of where we're going to finish. Where, which way you're leaning here? Back back down to earth here. I'm afraid. <laughs> um, uh, I've gone for fourth. I think. Oh, for God's sake! Why do we keep picking the same thing? Have you got fourth as well? Yes. Yeah. Um, I think. I think we will get a slow start. I think not just the kind of each factor. I think the fact that we've not had a preseason. I think I, I do. I think teams will raise the game against us, not in a look at us, we're so massive. But you do. A Premier League side comes down. You think this is going to be a tough one. I think people sit back deep. It'll be a completely different style to what we've been playing for the last three years in terms of we'll be the ones who have to impose ourselves on the game. I think that'll take a while to, to get going. No new signings as of yet. We're so light in midfield. We're so light in defence. It's a lopsided squad. But... All the things I've just said before are true. We do have quality that other teams don't have. So I think we'll get up to a slow start and I think we'll probably rally back. It might be too late for me to get automatic. I hope I'm wrong, obviously, but I'll say fourth. Yeah, I also went with fourth. Um, I'm definitely leaning to it. I'm excited, as you can probably tell. Mm. I'm, I'm excited for the potential for what this season could be and I think that potential could go above fourth, for sure. I can absolutely see a scenario where we get automatic promotion, but... Yeah. There's still just too many unknowns here to return to what we were saying right at the yeah. top. I can't I can't quite say we're gonna I can't predict we're gonna be one of the best two teams. The potential's definitely there, but yeah, just it, it feels like there's maybe a few dominoes that could fall here with outgoing transfers mm-hmm. and maybe incoming transfers and if as I say, if Norwood and Flake you know, have declined and last season was a closer reflection of what their true ability is. Yeah. Then that's going to stop us winning the league, basically. Yeah. But um, it does what also feel if it doesn't if it doesn't work out in the first half of the season, the championship is such. If we're in even tenth place, mm. we could make a few moves in January, loan moves probably, and still have a chance. And that's the beauty of the championship is yeah. that you never. This not like the Premier League. This is where I've got more confidence that I think if we'd have lost us if. I'd be quite nervous if we were into the Premier League now thinking if we lose this first game against Birmingham, you know, they're not, not one of the best sides in the league. Well, we're never going to do anything. It's not like that in the Championship. You can literally beat anyone and you can go on a run. So it's not always not lost, but I think we'll probably start too slow. I think there will be players who probably have peaked, but we don't know who they are yet. You've got to give them a go. And I think there'll be players who just, uh, you know, don't step up to the plate. And it, it's a, it'll be, we'll grow as we get on, I think. Yeah. Fourth is a good season. It might be disappointing to um, some people, and I guess I'll, I'll probably be ultimately slightly disappointed myself. But we've just sat through, you know, misery for a long time. <laughs> I think a, a team that wins more. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I think a team that wins more than it loses or draws is going to be fun to watch. So uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I, I hope I'm being. Uh, you know, subconsciously pessimistic here, but I am going for fourth as well. Yeah. So, all right, let's take a quick break and then we'll come back and hit the rest of our predictions for this season. Blades fans, football's back. Fans are back at Bramall Lane. What could be better than that? Well, I'll tell you what could be better than that. 
It's the return of a great offer from an old friend of the podcast, Beer52. The new season's starting and Beer52 are offering a free case of eight fantastic craft beers to our listeners to help you celebrate the return of the Blades in style. All you need to do is head to beer52.com slash bladespod, cover the postage costs of $5.95 and your eight craft beers will be on their way to you along with the award-winning Ferment magazine and a couple of snacks. These aren't just any beers we're talking about. Beer 52 is the world's largest beer club, and each month they send their 170,000 members a case with a different theme. And don't sweat if you're not a fan of dark beers, although you do have my sympathies if that is indeed the case. You can always choose a lighter option instead. Beer 52 don't hold you to ransom. You can pause or cancel your membership at any time. Just head to beer52.com slash bladespod today to take advantage of this offer now. That's beer52.com slash bladespod. Big thank you to Beer52 for supporting this episode of Bladespod. Now back to the podcast. And we're back. And before we finish, we're going to uh, do our predictions for the rest of the championship as well. And I guess a bit of a disclaimer here before we get into these. I'm just going to be open that my championship knowledge is not amazing, I don't think. like nope. so, so I'm kind of having a stab for fun here rather than sort of telling you definitely what is going to happen. But, uh, you know, I hope to learn more about the relative strengths and weaknesses of the championship mm-hmm. as the season goes on. I feel definitely, I don't know if this is, it's probably a product of last season where it was so bad and obviously football was so weird and kind of different to what I was used to yeah. that it was I kind of just tuned out of anything that wasn't yeah I'd say I'm not up to date at all obviously we spent two years out of it so you don't you don't take as much pay as much attention if you're not in that league anyway and last season was such a waste of time that I'm the same as you are and my knowledge couldn't be lower I don't think in terms of like what impact in, in comparison to past years anyway yeah, I certainly had a better handle on the championship the last time we were in it, um, mm. as even you know the first season coming out of League One. Yep. But uh, I have done research, and this is what I think. So we're going to start with who's going up. So pick the three teams that are going up. You can specify if you think one will be a, a playoff winner, if you like, mm. um, but you don't have to. So who, who are you going for? I think Fulham. Um, I'm not sure on the manager, but I just think they've got real quality at this level. We talked about our team. They've got Mitrovic, Crane, Robinson. You know, you could go on. And they're also probably the wealthiest club. So I think they can dip into the coffers probably more than anyone else can in the league, if needs be, and if it doesn't go well. So I think they will be really strong, like I said, the richest club in the league. Yeah, fair enough. I've got them as well. Uh, I think not the top 20. So 19 players have won promotion from the championship already mm. in their squad. Yeah. That's yeah. a lot. Uh, yeah. Marco Silva's their manager. I think the pendulum, pendulum of opinion is kind of... Uh, Probably swung too far the other way on him. And I agree. A... I agree. He's not brilliant. He's not Everton standard. He should never have got that job. But it doesn't mean he's a terrible manager. Yeah, and uh, I, I, well, put it like this: I don't think he's a bad enough manager that he can sabotage mm. what, what, as you say, should be a good squad. Yeah, th- this is going to be boring. These, the first, it feels like pretty much everyone's picked these two as uh, promoted teams. My other one being West Brom, of course. Um, yeah, so that uh, last season, the three relegated teams, two of them went straight back up, of course, and uh, Bournemouth made the playoffs. And uh, yeah, I think uh, at least two of them are going to do it this time round. Strange fit with uh, Valerian Ishmael from uh, from Barnsley. He's obviously a, mm. 
the most direct style of football possible. <laughs> it's going yeah. to be a weird transition for that team, but ultimately yeah. I, I'm kind of banking on him doing a good job there, as he seems to have done at Barnsley. And they do mm. have a good sort of foundation of players. They're going to lose Pereira, aren't they, it sounds like. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. But they've still got Dean and Agana and uh, Callum Robinson's still there, isn't he? There's, yeah, there's a, yeah. I'm not sure about the midfield. I think it's like, what is it? It's Livermore, Sawyers, who are good a lot, players. A lot but of older players in there, yeah, yeah. They're, they're good ball players, but uh, are they going to touch it? <laughs> is it going to be like Leon Britton when he played for yeah. Blackwell's Sheffield United? But Exactly, yeah. Defence is okay. I don't know if Johnston will, uh, will still be there, the goalkeeper or not. I'd say he's probably, he's probably more likely to leave than Ramsdale, I, I would have thought, given the uh, mm. the amount that we're asking for Ramsdale. But, um, yeah, I, I, I'm, I will go West Brom and Fulham as the top two. Just not sure. I've actually got, I've got Bournemouth. Um, I'll tell you for why. I think like Fulham, I'm not sure on the manager. Obviously, Scott Parker's there now, which I forgot about when I predicted this. But <laughs> <laughs> um, they don't have as much money as Fulham. Um, but it's, I think it's a really talented squad at the, for this level. You've got Brooks, Solanke, Lerner, Billing, all good players at this level. And I've chosen them above West Brom slightly purely because I think West Brom might be also playing catch-up in the same way that we do. Because for a start, Ishmael could be a flash in the pan. We see managers like this all the time. I wouldn't want him at our club for based on the fact he's had one good season and also the football he plays. If he plays the same sort of football as he did with Barnsley last season, I think it'll be really interesting to see how fans with bigger expectations than Barnsley react to it, if that makes sense. I think that it won't, it's not going to be pretty if he does the same style. And if you aren't pretty, you've got to get results. And I wonder if... It won't, I remember us under Blackwell, where we were decent, got in the playoffs. wasn't really enjoyable to watch, even that playoff season, I don't think. Mm. Um, and I wonder if they could be, you know, maybe the West Brom fans will react badly to it. So that's that's why Bournemouth, for me, have just gone above them. Yeah. Ex- explain to me <laughs> explain to me my own thought process of, uh, <laughs> of why I've assumed that West Brom and Fulham will be better than us. Because I, I, I don't... I can't come up with a proper reason. Like finished above us. <laughs> yeah, I guess. but then you know, I think West Brom losing Pereira is a big deal. I, I think with West Brom, I, I do just feel the manager is is good, and that will mm. that will be enough to keep them at that top of the league. I guess with Fulham, you know, they've they have yo-yoed a little bit, as you said, they have that base of a good squad there, even with all yeah. the lone players disappearing. Um, yeah, as I, said, I said earlier that we might have the best uh, plays in every position. I think Fulham have got a, probably a bigger shout for that. To be fair, yeah, you could certainly say that Craney and Mitrovic would go straight yeah. into our team, wouldn't they? For sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and Robinson, maybe. I know we've got a lot of left backs, but you know, we obviously, <laughs> yeah, def- definitely need another left wing back. <laughs> um, so, is that? Did you give? Have you given two of your teams there? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, who's your third team? Right, I've gone. I've gone for two in a way. Yeah, I've gone for us as a positive mm-hmm. because you have surely got to do it one year. Brentford did it last year. <laughs> they we we are now the now Brentford since Brentford went up. We are now we now have the worst record outright of any team in the playoffs. Let's you know. Let's we could be us. Who knows? It has to change. But on a negative note, what about Warnock's Borough beating us in the final? Ah, oh, shut up, man. <laughs> 
And then him coming on the pitch doing his <laughs> to, to the Borough fans. <laughs> Why is everyone so excited about Borough this season? This is this is where my championship knowledge is not not there. What am I, what am I missing? You're not missing anything. You, you the they were solid. They're going to be solid under Warnock. I think they've lost a lot of players actually. Sam Belonga's gone now, and a couple of other players. I think he'll have them. It's again, it's such a poor league that I think a team like Middlesbrough who are solid might have enough to get in the playoffs and then I think once you're in there anything can happen mm, good point my my third team is us screw it let's do it we're going to win it. the playoffs we're going to yep. finish fourth win the playoffs have a storming second half of the season and uh, destroy whoever we face like Neil Warnock's uh, Middlesbrough 8-0 against Middlesbrough in the final <laughs> <laughs> beautiful right other end of the league this is this is more interesting I think I, yeah, it is, it, is. as I said pretty much everything I've read or listened to or watched has got some combination of West Brom, Fulham, us and Bournemouth as the top four, um, with a, a few very rare exceptions. Who are, you, who are your three relegated teams? There's there's a one that we're both going to pick, and then I'm going to be surprised if we pick the other two out of the three the same. Do you want to well, do the one with both? I, I presume the obvious one for you is Derby County. It's Derby County. It's just an obvious child. I mean, they were awful last season. They should have gone down last season. They would have gone down if Queen's had six points knocked off. Under an embargo, lost players from last season and not replaced them. So they're even worse than last season. Yeah, they've got a rookie manager. I think it'll be a minor miracle if they stay up. They're probably going to. They could get a point deduction at any point as well. I think. I think they're doomed. I think it'd be a minor miracle if they don't finish bottom. To be honest, yeah, it just seems yeah. like a. It just seems like the worst possible situation for them. Yeah. As you said, they're even worse than last season. Um, I mean, there's it, question marks if they're going to be able to field like. A senior team, basically. Well, if they do feel the senior team, it will be very senior, judging by the players <laughs> they've got on trial with Jaggy Elker and Curtis Davis and Ravel Morrison. Yeah, Stearman as well. Stearman's there. It's, yeah. it's not quite as old as uh, Jackson no. Curtis Davis. They've got some good young players, though. Um, That's what they're banking on. That that a lot because I've done a little bit of research to this. Um, lot, they are banking on the only chance they've got is these young players uh, immediately step up to the plate. Oh, God, what, who's the striker? Is it Sibley? Yeah, because um, Jack Marriott's gone as well, hasn't he? He's gone to Peterborough. Marriott's gone back to Peterborough, yeah. Um, yeah, Bagall went to Coventry. Yeah, Bielik is a good player, but he is yeah. uh, is injured at the moment, isn't he? Well, Kazim so, Richards obviously still there. For God's sake. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, it's a proper <laughs> dad's army team, isn't it? Yeah, um, Tom Lawrence as well. Much, much. I think seven and a half million he costs. And, yeah. yeah. Was... Hugh Cannon's a good player for him, to be fair. Hmm. Yeah, Lawrence is a weird one because he was getting bombed out and he's now the club captain, I think. Yeah, yeah. They're a mess. I mean, I I don't see how they don't go down, to be honest. They're just... I think they've got a smart... It's five or six players who are decent, but it's not enough. Not over a full season, I don't think. Yeah, you'd expect they're in financial trouble and those good young players will probably get picked off anyway. Yeah, yeah. Um, Go on, give me your next relegated team. I've got Huddersfield. Okay. Um, Again, had an awful end to last season and got sucked into the relegation scrap. I think in most of the seasons they'd have gone down, but Wednesday, Derby and Rotherham were, were unbelievably poor last season. <laughs> they won, I think I'm right, I might have got this slightly wrong, but it's something like they won five games between them out of the last 50, <laughs> which is, is just outrageous. It, it, it they were, that, and they're not going to get away with that. that that's not going to happen this time. Last season you had the likes of Coventry and Birmingham who were down there. I think those two have improved. I think Birmingham in particular have improved since Bowie's come in. Coventry brought a couple of decent players in. I don't see Huddersfield improving. They brought a lot of 
unknown players in, which, could, again, you never know. There's always a surprise. I might have gone Barnsley last season to go down because some of the players they brought in I'd, I'd never heard of. Mm. I just I don't think they've improved. The Jordan Rhodes has come in and you know he's past his peak and stuff. So, yeah, I think Huddersfield. Yeah, I I haven't got those, but um, that makes total sense to me. And uh, I think they, yeah, there are a lot of people's pick, aren't they, for relegation? Yeah. Who's the manager's at uh, Corbyn? The sex assistant, Carlos Corbyn, I think it is. That's yeah. the right. Did you know? I was just massive tangent here. Did you know Wolves as manager? Is it Largay? Lar- uh, I don't actually know who their manager is now. Um, it's L A G E spelled, but I don't know how you pronounce it. Anyway, you were Carlos Corvalho's assistant at Wednesday, which I found out yesterday. Uh, Oh, yeah, I, I did know that, yeah. I didn't know that, yeah. So Excellent stuff. Um, right, my my, I'm going to give you both my relegated teams because I feel okay. like they're a bit... So as I said, I don't feel my championship knowledge is amazing, so I'm doubling down. I'm going for interesting predictions. I want, All right. I want at the end of the season people to be like, wow, how on earth did you see that one come in? So my first and, and least surprising of my two relegated teams after Derby, Bristol City. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It is time for Bristol City to go back to <laughs> League One. Yeah. <clears throat> the worst expected goal difference in the entire league last season, and it wasn't even close. I think they were like 10 or 12 goal expected goals worse off than uh, yeah. than even Wickham and, and Wednesday and Huddersfield. Their goalkeeper absolutely swept the board at the Player of the Year awards, <laughs> which sort of sells a story as well. Even so, only two teams conceded more than them across the whole season, which was Huddersfield and Wickham. Uh, they got three points from their last 10 matches, and mm. uh, it was 12 from the last 20 matches, which isn't much better either. No. They were miserable when we played them uh, yeah. in the in the Cup as well. It's, it's Pearson now, right? Nigel Pearson? Yeah, Nigel manager. Pearson, yeah. yeah. I mean, I thought that was a good appointment, to be completely honest, but it's not really worked out so far. The reason I've not got them is purely because I, I imagine Pearson might get it together Certainly enough to finish lower mid-table. Maybe. His his managerial career since he left Leicester in uh, 2015, I've got this written down, is, yeah. is patchy, to say yeah, the oh least. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, uh, he went to Dar- patchy before. True, true, yeah. Uh, you know, he, he did pretty well at Watford, I think it's fair to say, although yeah. that team was quite good last year yeah. Yeah, in the... Um, in the Premier League, I, I don't think they should have been down at the bottom of the league. I think they'll stay up this year, Watford, to be honest, because I think they should have stayed up the year before. I know they've lost a couple of players, but I think they should have stayed up that season. Yeah, but I'm not uh, I'm not sold on Pearson as like a, a great manager. Um, it just feels like they've been on a, a slide now for a few seasons. And mm. uh, yeah, I think this is the one they disappear through the basement. My third yeah. one is my, my surprise one. Swansea City. Ooh, that is. There we go. <laughs> Yeah. Possible basket case club, mm. which I I always look for as like that's a, a good sign of a, a team in trouble. Um, looking at you, Sheffield Wednesday and, <laughs> and Derby as well for that matter. Yeah, Steve yeah. Cooper quits due to what's going on be, behind the scenes. Is this Steve Cooper? Right? I don't know. Why yeah, that's right. Yeah. First name, yeah. Um, on the eve of the season, uh, they get in MK Dons as manager, which is like okay. I mean, apparently he's well well, well respected. I, I listen to the top. Uh, not the top 20 podcast League One and they were raving about him to be fair so yeah mm, bad situation to go into they lose uh, they had to lose Andre Ayew because he was on like a million pounds a week I think <laughs> yeah and then were... someone on the, when they were playing the players oh, we should have a bid for him that Ayew was like he's on 80,000 pounds a week mate. Like... <laughs> <laughs> and they weren't that good last season to begin yeah. with a lot of the underlying numbers were um, like a mid-table team that um Cooper's kind of getting punching above their weight basically for the yeah, last two seasons. Yeah. 
I don't know. I, I think if they if they lose a couple more players, which which could happen given the financial trouble, it sounds like they're in. They could slide down there, and as I say, I want to be interested in my predictions. So yeah, that's what I'm going for. I have to admit, when I saw Swans in the playoff final, I thought it gave me a lot of hope for this season, thinking that if these are the best out there, mm. then wow, you know. I mean, I'm, again, it's a one-off game, but the playoffs. I thought I thought the Brentford Bournemouth uh, playoff semi-final had real quality in it, both legs. I thought the Barnsley Swansea playoff finals were really, really, really poor. Yeah, I'll be surprised if they go down, but I'll not. I'll, I think I've got him in fourteenth in my in my big twenty four list. Nice, right? Who, uh, who is your other relegate team? Not as interesting, and it's a bit harsh. It's Peterborough, um, mm. and it's purely because this is based on on the past. To be honest, it always seems to be a case of rather if than when with Peterborough when they go down. They remind me a lot of Rotherham in that they're very very strong at League One, but the Championship always seems a step too far. They've only spent the last three times they've been in the league, they spent single seasons there and gone straight back down. So I'm, this is based on history, and I'm probably being harsh on them. And like I said, I don't really know enough about the championship this year to to go for someone else. And I think it's good they've kept hold of Dembele, Clark Harris and stuff, but you're mm. asking them to step up for another level. And like I say, I'm basing it purely based on the past performances in this league. Yeah, they uh, yeah they, they do seem to be like quite a well-run club at the minute, it seems like. You know, they keep, mm. keep turning up these... They're almost like a mini Brent. I don't know if this is a bit reductive. A mini Brentford in a way of uh, turning up these these sort of uh, hidden gems, if you like, and then moving them on for more money. And yeah, yeah, I think they'll probably be all right based on on that. And they're in obviously ended last season really well as well. I, so, wouldn't, um, I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised at all. I mean, this is why it's, it's interesting at the bottom because you could name a few. Hull obviously came up. They, they showed last time they were here. Um, Blackpool. I thought they. Every time I saw them last season, they were really good. But again, it's a step up. Um, you've got other teams that were down there last season, Coventry and stuff like that. So, yeah, it'd be interesting down at the bottom. Yeah, didn't mention Reading as well. Not the top 20 pick for... I was going to bring this up to you because obviously you're another Arsenal Reading fan. Is, is she worried? Uh, do you know what? I've not actually put that question to her. I think she's looking forward... <laughs> I think she's just looking forward to football coming back and uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Reading are away at... Um, I think they're away at Huddersfield in a couple of weeks' time, so she's looking forward to going to her first game in, uh, yeah. in a couple of years. So I don't know. I'll have to, I'll have to quiz her on Reading's actual hope. She was not impressed at uh, not the top twenty picking them for relegation for like the fifth straight season. So yeah, that's kind of well. Four four two magazine have got on four. So wow, yeah, <laughs> that is a good season. Where, where did they have us? Yeah. Uh, top. Oh, beautiful. <laughs> what, 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 right. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be a great season in this house then. Um, which which team is going to surprise people the most, good or bad? So, does significantly better or significantly worse than the consensus? Give me just a couple of sentences on this one. I, I've chose these two, and I've since seen that a lot of people have gone for them. But I think QPR will get in the playoffs. Um, finished last season really well. Managed to get Johansson and Austin on permanence, which I think will be good mm-hmm. at this level. And I think Luton Town again, another team that who. A lot of people seem to be saying they're going to be good, so maybe I'm just out of step. But I think they could easily challenge for the playoffs as well, to be honest. Uh, in terms of the other end of the table, I think Blackburn might struggle if uh, Armstrong goes. I think they could possibly get drugged into a relegation battle. I did have them on my list of possible relegation teams for that yeah. exact reason, actually. I think they had a really bad end to last season as well. Yeah, it seems um, like everyone had a bad end to last season in the Championship. Yeah, and I, <laughs> I'm wary about that because... It does feel like this season could be a different ball game in yeah. terms of, you know, fans are back. It's it's easier to get. Maybe it'd be easier to get yourself out of a rut, you know, just because 
you're not playing in an empty stadium. You yeah, can yeah. Turn your turn your fortunes around a bit more, but yeah. Um, my surprising team. I'm going with a, a team that does surprisingly worse, and I uh, I kept quiet earlier when you tipped them for promotion. Ooh. Bournemouth are going to do oh. surpri- surprisingly badly. I, I you know I'll, I'll get bold and say they miss the playoffs. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Scotty Parker, I've just not seen it. I just don't no. think he's a good manager at all. They're going to lose Dan Juma by the sounds of things. He was a massive player for them. This is why they... I didn't put him in my reasons for going on because I did. I did hear that he was he was on his way out. Yeah, he did you what I... he said? He said he's outgrown the championship. <laughs> I think it's got a point. To be fair, what I said earlier about Marco Silva not being a bad enough manager to harm this team mm. uh, is is not true of Scott Parker. I don't think. I really. I really don't think he's a good manager. Um, I think he was very lucky to get Fulham promoted um, the yeah. season before last. They were nowhere near as good as their personnel should have been, if you like. Yeah. You know, given the players they had, they really underperformed most of the season. I just think, yeah, Bournemouth are kind of sliding a little bit after, you know, the, the relegation that they had a couple, two years ago was it had been on the cards for a while, hadn't it? It had been something yeah, that, yeah, yeah. that had been coming. Oh, I don't see Scott Parker as a man to turn that around. So, yeah, I, I think they... I mean, look, I'm not even talking about a massive step backwards here. Probably, like, what, three league places, something like that? Did they finished third, or was it... They're obviously in the playoffs. They uh, finished third, I think. I think they did finish third. No, didn't, yeah. didn't Brentford finish third? Oh, I don't know. Yeah, I think so, yeah. Did they? Yeah, they did, yeah, because they were sec- second leg. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah, they finished third, yeah. Tiny margins of discussion here. Um, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so I'm only talking like probably four or five places further down the table, something like that. But yeah, yeah. that's that's my uh, surprise team for this season. Uh, back to United quickly. Who will be United's player of the season? What do you reckon? I've gone for John Egan. I think consistent, <laughs> solid, unlikely to suffer from the uh, infamous ball over the top <laughs> at this level. As, as Not much the at ball least, over anyway. the top. Yeah. I don't think there's many better centre-halves at this level and I don't think there's anyone really that I'd top him for at this level, to be honest, that, that I know of. All makes total sense, but if we get promoted, I don't think a defender wins player of the season. I did think this, so I'm going on the notion that we're going to have a poor season. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've, I've got a bit meta there, haven't I? Uh, if I just said who will be United's best player, then I, I think that's yeah. a good shout. I want to pick Sander Berger here, but I can't. I can't do it after I did yeah, it last yeah, season. So I will pick someone who is a difficult pick as well, because maybe won't be played as much, but uh, I'm going David McGoldrick. Yeah. It's just been outstanding for three straight seasons. You know, <laughs> even for allowing for those misses in the season before last, he was still brilliant that year. Yeah, 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 completely. It's, it's I like. I only it's only when I wrote that down, I was like, yeah, he's just been amazing the whole time he's been a United player. And mm. you know, the fact he was so good last season suggests that he'll be able to carry that on this year. Absolutely amused by Kevin Gage's comments that we should get rid of him if he don't score enough. I, I just, again, a bit like the Keith Edwards thing. They know more than me, they're direct professionals, but I'm like, what? What, what are you Who's seeing, the only man? one that scored last season? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah so, so that's my pick. Um, as I say, my it, the, the only thing that makes it difficult for me is just in case, you know, we end up, uh, it just ends up not playing as much because we're, I don't know, we have Brewster and McBurney mm, or Musso yeah. or... Um, or Sharp, indeed, playing yeah, ahead of him. Yeah, yeah. But that's my pick. Who who will be United's top scorer? This is so hard. I think if we do well, one of the strikers needs to get 20 goals plus. I'm going to go Oliver McBurney. Purely on his record at this level before with Barnsley and Swansea. And the fact that we should actually create chances for him, which has, well, hasn't really happened since he's been here. No. Um, I understand. I think he deserves a lot of the criticism he gets, McBurney, uh, with his performances so far. People might even be laughing that I've gone for him to 
to be our top goal scorer. But I would like to see how he performs in a team on the attack rather than the defensive. Mm, I've so I've not gone with Bernie. Um, I've actually gone for him for another category. But top scorer, I'm I'm going to do. It. I'm going to say Brewster here, um, hey. even though. I don't think he'll be in the team to start the season. So this might be one of those that looks silly in a few months and then uh, maybe it'll look great at the end of the mm, season. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, I could see it looking silly if you know the team starts slowly, as uh, everyone seems to think we will, yeah. um, possibly us included, and then he's not even in the team. But I think if it clicks for the team, then I think he can really catch fire in yeah. the second half of the season. Fire us to promotion. Boom. This is what's That's... exciting because the players, McBurney, Brewster, so poor last season, Um and yet, at this level, the record's there. There's excitement there because you think, well, you know, they, they've done it before. McBurney, as I said, the reason I picked McBurney is because he's done it for two seasons. He did it with Swansea and Barnsley. So. Mm. Nice. Well, my breakthrough player. So this is uh, a player that will take the biggest step forward this season. So it could be someone going from being a fringe player or a, a poor player to an important one or a youngster suddenly developing rapidly and... I'm caveating this by saying that I think picking a £20 million striker in Rian Brewster <laughs> is cheating, so I'm not right. doing that. I thought maybe Zach Brunt, but I, I don't actually know if he'll play. And then, you know, especially if we're signing um, Ronaldo Vieira as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. I sort of wanted to pick Norwood here, having a big sort of bounce-back mm. season, but that kind of feels like cheating as well for someone who was so good for the previous two seasons. So um, I think I have to go for a forward, and I'm... Sort of loath to do this, but get me on that Ollie McBurney train for this year. <laughs> a new manager hopefully means we'll use him better. We'll not just be, you know, firing long balls onto his forehead for 90 minutes. Hopefully he can keep his nose clean off the pitch as well. And uh, the chances come his way. The goals come to support the rest of his game, which has, has been good. The goals mm. have not been good, but the rest of his game has been good, I think. So, yeah, I'm going to go with McBurney going from... You know, having a nightmare of a season last year, I think it's fair to say, on and yeah. off the pitch. I on think and we off scored. The pitch. Yeah, you're right. I, yeah. think, I think we scored him very low, very uh, gave him a very low rating in our player ratings at the end of the season. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, give give me uh, my prediction is him having a, a big season and looking like an important player for us this year. I I think Norton Davis is the obvious one, but I'm going to take a pun and like I, the reason I didn't put in earlier is because I'm going to say Moose, and mm. I'm not I'm far from convinced this is going to be the case. But like I said, I've taken a pun, and I, he's obviously talented and ability wise, he's probably too good at this level to be completely honest. Um, and I'm hoping for a Chad Evans sort of season where he drops down eleven and just finds it that easy. You know what I mean? <laughs> that he's a that he's a, um, I don't know. I don't want to say laziness. His language style doesn't really matter all that much because he has the talent and the pace to to be uh, explosive and dangerous anyway. I can live in hope, can't I? If he stays fit, I think he does get 20 goals. How how many games does he have to play to reach the point where you think that was an acceptable contribution? Like is it how many how many games does he have to be fit for before you're like, okay, he he contributed this season? Like just set aside how he- many goals he scored. I think 25, 26, something like that. I think I think if you get... If, we're talking sort of... Oh, just... Uh, hot, it's mad that half the games I'll be quite happy with. It's ridiculous. Yeah. But, but also, um, that that's kind of insane to hope that he plays. Like, there's no evidence that he's going to be able to do that. No, no. <laughs> I think if he plays half the games and he adds something um, in 15 of those, I, I think 
Yeah, is it? But my, my point with Musa is, I can't see us selling him on because I don't think anyone will be interested with his injury record and his fitness problems. He's here now, so and he is talented. Let's just see what happens. Give him a go. You know, last year of his contract as well. Last year of his contract. If it go if it goes wrong, and he and he's exactly the same as he has been throughout his career by the by the sounds of it, then you know we've lost nothing now because he's in the final year. He's you know he. he it's over anyway for him, realistically. So I'd like to use him early doors and just see what, see if he's changed, basically. Yeah, so big season for him. Massive career, season for him, McBurney and Brewster. I mean, huge in terms of where their careers go next. Yeah, that's a really good point. Yeah, Brewster has a... Yeah, I mean, you've got to think he's probably not going to be in the under-21 squad. No. Um, right now. Uh, actually, is he still 20, Brewster? Or is I he so. aging out of it? Just check that. I don't know if it's 20. It's 21, so I'm not sure. Oh, the, yeah. I think I'm not sure what the really... cutoff is for um, yeah. featuring in the 21s anyway. But yeah, you'd think he's probably on merit going to be out of the picture for a little bit. So yeah, it's, it's a mm. big a big opportunity for him to turn the tide there. And yeah, absolutely. With McBurney, who's kind of mid 20s now, isn't he? And yep. coming off the back of a an okay Premier League season and then a terrible one last year. So yeah, interesting mm. to see. Um, hopefully, they both do amazingly well. And Musa plays. 25 games, that would be dreamland. I think I think yeah. if Musa plays 25 games, we get promoted. It's as simple as that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Write it down. <laughs> Who <laughs> finishes with the better league position? United in the Championship or Wednesday in League One? I went for United to get more points last year, so this is superstition. I'm going to say, when is he going to finish third and United are going to finish fourth? <laughs> oh, this I... is purely superstition. To be honest, Wednesday could finish anywhere from first to 24th. I have no idea what they're going to be like this season. No, I, I don't really either. But on the basis that I think United will finish in the top four, I will say United will finish yep. above Wednesday. Um, yeah, they just seem to have been signing loads and loads of players, but um, I don't know if many of them are any good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but they are down in another division now, so that'll probably uh, you think that will probably help them win more games than they have done over the last few seasons. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I, I like I like our chances of finishing towards the top end of the table, and so by. By definition, I will go United here and uh, yeah, Wednesday to finish fifth or below in League One, which would be ha-ha. Um, <laughs> which senior member of the... The last couple now. Which senior member of the first team squad would you be the least upset to lose? So I'm I'm discounting youngsters, basically, and uh, Kean Bryan, who's, uh, I think, still out of, out of Where contract. Is he? Yeah, where is Kean Bryan? I don't know. Still on holiday, I suppose. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> who's, so which which first teamer would you be least upset to lose? I've gone for Oliver Burke, unfortunately. I think we've got so many options yeah. up from... I just don't see where he fits. I've also gone Burke, actually. Yeah, I'm, I'm happy to be wrong on this, but he just feels like the most dispensable player at the moment. Like, you know, you'd put him... I'd put him ahead of, like, Jack Robinson in that respect, because... I yeah. want to lose Jack Robinson just because of the depth. Yeah, we've got no one there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, but I just, uh, yeah, I just don't really see a role for um, Burke at the moment, unless he's, you know, going to be this like transformative force out wide as like part of a front three, or I don't know, even as a wing back. He was used a couple of times, wasn't he? But then we've already got two very good right wing backs. So yeah, it's, I don't know that. I think he he gave us something in the Premier League for sure that we didn't have, and we. You know, needed because the rest of the squad was so abject. But yeah. I don't know if we 
I don't know if we need, uh, you know, a big man who runs fast and does nothing else. No, so I think, again, I'm hoping we're going to have more possession. I think it, it did make sense to a degree, the Burke side, in that we knew we weren't going to have, a, we were going to be the lowest possession pretty much in the league over the Newcastle. So we had to try and hit on the break and you need a fast guy up front. I'm not sure if that's needed. You could argue that he can play in it if, if we change tactics to, say, 4 4 2. He has played on the wing outright before. Mm. Would I want to see him there, though? No, to be honest. Yeah, that's the thing, in it? Would you rather see. Uh... Bogle or, you know, our new signing there, for example. Yeah. 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 Uh, last one. Give me a hot take prediction. So you don't have to, you know, stake your reputation to this one. I, I just want something spicy to finish off. It's not really that much of a hot take, maybe, but I think of the new managers out of the parachute payment clubs, one of them will not last till Christmas. So Ooh. you've got Scott Parker, Silver, is is male is male whatever he's called or God forbid Jukanovic obviously one of those will not be the manager by 2022. I like that. Yeah, I could see that with Parker definitely. <laughs> I love how much you hate Parker. Jay. I don't hate Parker. I just don't think he's very good. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's just get, he gets a bit of a, oh, I don't know. I'm going to stray into cliche here. I think. I think there's a little bit like what happened with Lampard, where he's you know he's a he's a smooth operator and he's an ex-pro Ex- and England player. Yeah, looks good in a suit. He's got some good contacts in the media. He gets a bit of a free ride for uh, not really doing that much, to be honest. And uh, you know, landing on his feet very much in a couple of managerial positions. Um, my hot take. So, the record for the lowest number of points in a championship season in the uh, in the three points for a win era is, I believe, eighteen points. Set Who's by that? Rotherham, Rotherham United a few years ago, I think like twenty fifteen something like that. Wow. So that's eighteen points from forty. That's games. terrible in the championship. I mean, we got twenty one in the prem. Mm. It's not not only is it harder, it's less games by eight. Yes. <laughs> it's astonishingly bad. But that is the record: eighteen points. So how about for my hot take prediction? Can you see where I'm going with this? Or do I, I need think to spell you're going to go for the other team who brought the record in another division. <laughs> <laughs> Derby already hold the record for the lowest Premier League points. What about if they set oh, the record so for the Championship good. one as well? That's, I that's my I prediction. I if that happened. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I have to credit my wife for that one because uh, I was asking for a, a hot take prediction and she threw that one out there and I... Grabbed it with both hands. I thought it was tremendous. So there we go. Derby, 17 points or less. Mm. And uh, yeah, maybe they'll get a points deduction as well, which will give me a, give me a cheat win for oh, that. Oh, I think oh, that's a fantastic story. Like. I'm nothing against Derby, to be honest. <laughs> There's only Derby fans might happen to be listening, but it's just funny, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, the, the Derby fans I do know are sort of um, quite... Uh, gallows humour about the situation there. Yeah, when I got the Derby views, um, I was obviously had a quick look at, at their board, and yeah, not many people predicted them to to have anything but an appalling season. So, yeah, let's uh, let us see. Right there we go, man. That's all our all our predictions. Um, let's well, talk about the last game. Year. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I, I don't want to talk about that. Actually, I was going to say like, I feel more <laughs> confident about United this season, but. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I was pretty confident about his last season as well. Right, Birmingham game. This is the first time you have been to Bramall Lane since the Norwich game. Is that right? Yeah. Was it before yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. Mate, that was um, a very long time. How are you feeling about it? I'm honestly so excited. I can't think of the top of my head. Because normally the big matches, like I couldn't wait for the Ipswich game when we got promoted. And I was like, oh, but there's that nervous as well. Because you're thinking, what if we blow it? You know what I mean? Sort of, mm. we should win. But no nerves for me. Yeah, it's just pure we lose 5-0 it doesn't really matter the season still goes on I'm back in the ground it's not a make or break game 
I just can't wait. I cannot wait, honestly. I, I mean, I just hope I don't get drunk too drunk before that I, I remember it. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll try and give you a solid platform uh, to, to not do that when I meet yeah. up with you. Um, yeah, I'm, oh, I'm, I'm like you're just so excited. I can't wait to walk down to Bramall Lane mm. to yeah meet my dad in the pub. Uh, it's going to be, you know, I had that taste of Bramall Lane with um, the Burnley game, but obviously yeah. only like two and a half thousand fans there or something like that. And it was a total dead rubber. Whereas, yeah, this this should be a 20,000 plus crowd who I would imagine are very, very up for seeing Sheffield United in the flesh again. And the situation yep. is, you know, we we are expected to do well. Uh, you know, a lot of these players are still well thought of, I think, among the fans, you know, Basham, Egan, Sharp, McGoldrick, Baldock, mm. all the rest. It's going to be the first time for some like Ramsdale and Berg. Well, Berg yeah. played a few games, didn't he, um, before the pandemic? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I just, uh, get me in the ground. I can't wait to uh, sing my heart out and uh, hopefully see see uh, another win. The last two times I've been to Bramall Lane with 1-0, so hopefully, uh, hopefully that will continue, although yeah. maybe with some more goals. Um, what about, uh, what do you... What do you expect to see if we play a back four? Do you think are we going to see Egan? Where does Basham fit into this? Team? I don't think Basham plays in a back four. I think he'll play Robinson and Egan. I'm not saying that's my choice, but I just feel the left-sided Robinson. He is more of a centre half than Basham in terms of an out-and-out centre half. I think he possibly goes with Robinson and Basham on the bench. Yeah, maybe. I wonder if they just go Basham and Egan and just like I don't know how much. Just- how important is it to have a left-footed centre-back? I know it helps, but are you compromising the team by picking someone who's not as good at being a defender? Uh, yeah, I agree. If it were up to me, you'd be Basham and Egan. I mean, people say the last time Basham played in a in a back four, I think we under Atkins and didn't cover himself in glory. Yeah, that's um, But, yeah, he's, he's matured as a player, I would have thought. He's had to do more defending in the Premier League as well. He's had to be more switched on, so hopefully that... that uh, Helps him in that sense as well. I, I would feel safer with Bash there than Robinson, but I just, that's just an opinion. I, I just feel that Robinson might play there, being yeah, the out and out I think you're probably right. Um, Ender Stevens is not fit, I don't believe. Is that right? If oh, only we had more Josh left backs. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was going to say, who, assuming he isn't playing, who is going to be left back? Uh, Osborne, well, played, obviously. Osborne is an orthodox left back. Um, yeah. I think he's Against the, the best. I mean, I've not seen Norrington Davies play, I have to admit. Never, to be honest. Other than in a friendly. Um, I wouldn't. I mean, the problem with Osborne there is you're asking him to be a full-on left-back when he's technically a midfielder. But I do like Osborne, and I'd like to fit him in the team somehow. Yeah, I think so. And he, especially if, um, you know, if Norwood, Norwood seems to be in... in you know, one and a half games or whatever it is. Yeah. There does seem to be this thing that he will probably play even deeper mm. um, than he did last season, which in theory gives fullbacks license to get forward, at which point yeah. having Osborne with, uh, you know, the great kind of energy he's got going forward yeah. um, could be quite useful having him at left back. Um, yeah, I, I can see that for sure. Um, yeah, just I, I have no idea what we're going to do up front. I have no two, idea. I think the midfield three will be... It's gonna be Whatever happens, it'll be Berger, Fleck and Norwood. I think that's pretty much set in stone. Maybe Freeman. I don't see it, though, personally. And I think if we play three up front, or even two up front, I, I've no, I really, really, really don't know. Because McBurney and Sharp's not featured in pre-season at all. Hmm. Um, I don't know how fit they are. Um, I think I think Moonshade probably starts, actually. Yeah, it looks that way, doesn't it? 
Yeah, I think Musa and McGoldrick possibly, and then if we play three, maybe Brewster. Yeah, maybe McGoldrick uh, behind Brewster and and uh, Musa, which is, mm. I mean, when you <laughs> tantalising at that level, it does. It's like, oh my god, I can't <laughs> wait to see that. That should be amazing at this level. I know it yeah. obviously. You know, it didn't work last season for for various reasons. I mean, Musa mm. only played about ten minutes across the entire season. Uh, like I say, Solanke at Bournemouth <laughs> is me hope for Brewster this year. Look, I mean, he, he was poor for two seasons at Bournemouth. I think he got. Did he get one goal? Something like that, yeah. And he just looked a far better player than he in the Championship. Uh, I'm just trying to work out here how many goals he got last season, actually. Um, and he looked, he, he looked the part at that level. And I'm hoping that's exactly what happens with uh, Brewster as well. Yeah. It's, uh, it is you got exciting. 15, 15 goals we got, which is not fantastic, but you get, give me 15 goals from Brewster, I'll, I'll probably take that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, any any other thoughts on being back in the ground? You've got a season ticket this year, haven't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, mean, I, I couldn't get a season ticket for a couple of years due to work commitments, but my hours have changed, so I managed to get old, uh, managed to go to every game again now. Um, I can't wait. I can't wait. I, I'm sort of, well, don't, walking into the ground... Just uh, I, it'll be interesting because you said you sort of picked it up quite quickly. It became normal mm-hmm. quite quickly, should I say? Um, so yeah, so I'm quite interested to see how I feel. If you know what I mean. If if like minute in the game, I'm just going to be shouting at the ref like normal. <laughs> <laughs> I almost wonder because there's no restrictions. Mm. If if that will feel weirder in a way mm. than it than it did when I went in um, uh, May or whenever it was for the Burnley game. Yeah, 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 yeah. <clears throat> yeah, but. Um, yeah, I feel like <laughs> if you've been in the pub for a little bit beforehand, you know, we've, we've got a, what should we say? We've got quite extensive experience of, um, you know, going to football matches in normal times. If you yeah. like that, I feel like we will revert to that quite quickly. Like, it won't feel unusual. Like, we'll, that sort of comfort blanket of like, oh, yeah, I remember what this was like. Mm. I know it might, might have been 18 months, but yes, I've been doing this for 20 years before this or whatever. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. yeah I feel... I feel like I will definitely just um, be straight back into it, and uh, yeah, oh, I absolutely can't wait. Final word on this: our new home kit is a beauty. Yeah. I meant to mention this last week. I think that's a a, a real top tier home shirt. Possibly coming on the back of last year's, which I didn't like, um, but I I approve of the red on the back, which is yeah. a simple thing. But we haven't had that for a little bit, and yeah, last I really didn't like last season's shirt. But it's all um, about the little black stripes for me. Mm, do like those slightly uh, slightly dubious sponsor this year but um, yeah. <laughs> that's, at least it's not a betting company I suppose no, <laughs> so no, no. I just got uh, one, of, one of Matt Hancock's mates instead I think isn't it runs this way <laughs> 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 very popular man that fella um, yeah but it's a great home shirt um, I've, I've been trying to find one for um, I don't think they do it in like proper toddler sizes unfortunately so um, I don't want to just get like a massive one for my daughter and just, <laughs> just, yeah she'll grow into it <laughs> <laughs> in like 10 years or something yeah, yeah. anyway yes it's uh, it's a good one the away kit's nice as well um, but I'm just glad to consign last season's shirt and indeed the whole of last season to the bin and uh, it's going to look good coming out in those red and white stripes at a hopefully full Bramall Lane on yeah. the Saturday night. Under lights, mate. Evening kickoff. People are oh, going mad about the evening good. kickoff. Well, it's not even evening. It's night, really, isn't it? Kickoff. Yeah. Um, I love that idea, personally, but everyone, you know, everyone's got their own choices. Yeah, there's, I mean, there's, I always have this thing with, like, the first game of the season. It was, you know, it's a Saturday, 3 o'clock kickoff, and it's obviously in 
early August, and so it's mm. quite warm usually, mm. and yeah, everyone's just knackered after ten minutes. Like all the players <laughs> are having to stop and have a drink and stuff. And yeah. you wait, you wait two months for football to come back, and it's like oh, this is like barely a barely a higher intensity than a friendly. Whereas yeah. eight o'clock, nice, nice, cool evening in Sheffield should be blood and thunder for, for all the fans back in the stadium yeah. I hope and uh, yeah imagine if we uh, get off to a winning start mate how good will that feel absolutely phenomenal I mean Wednesday's playing before as well could have a Charlton, and win, uh, Charlton win before going into the ground United win boom perfection great stuff mate well that was an epic podcast yeah um, I, I actually started this before we started recording so we're going to go fast because we've got a lot to talk about well <laughs> We did have a lot of talk to talk about. We didn't, we didn't really go fast, unfortunately. Um, what have you got to plug before we finish up? You already mentioned a uh, a fantastically entertaining view from. Do you want to just uh, expand on that a little bit? Yeah, so I just got a couple of views from each uh, champ- uh, fans of the championship clubs uh, about what they think United will do this season. Uh, check that out. At Roy's view from or follow me at Panchero, and hopefully there will be some new signing uh, comments coming up in the next couple of days. Mm, and the, you know the grind of the season starts. I know we have view Absolutely. from Birmingham to come. I'm out of yeah. practice. When uh, when 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 should the the wider public expect it to drop? The pre-match view from Birmingham. Hopefully, it will be Friday morning. That is my. Oh. That's what I'm penciling in for. Um, yeah. yeah. So first. Uh, anything, anything podcast related you want to uh, report? Uh, no, we're recording a couple. Me and Liam are going away. Um, so, so I'm going away one week, and he's going away the week after. So we're going to record a couple and then put them out a little bit later, so we're not stopping and starting basically. So we're recording them, but probably uh, I don't know, two weeks, something like that. Top of the pops one will drop. We recorded that yesterday, last week. So yeah, nice. And that is living with Maidley, of course. Living with Maidley. Uh... Living with Maid One on Twitter. Beautiful stuff. Get that wherever you get your... Well, wherever you got this, I suppose. Yeah. Wherever you get your podcasts. Um, great stuff, mate. Well, there we go. We, we, I, th- I feel like I'm ready for the season. You know, there's yeah. a, as I say, there's a lot of... I've, I've got a lot of unknowns, but in some ways that just makes it even more exciting. Like, just... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get me to the pub and the ground and let's see the Red and White Wizards in action once again under a, a new era and hopefully a... Um, you know, a more positive season than the one that we all watched from our sofas last year. Yeah. Um, and then we can imagine if we do well this season and get promoted, I think we can just say that last season didn't count. Yeah, fake, I'm definitely going to be saying that. Undoubtedly, yeah. yeah. I will undoubtedly be saying, well, that was just a nothing, so like a joke season. So. Yeah, exactly. Someone had to get relegated. and <laughs> Great stuff, mate. Well, I look forward to seeing you uh, on Saturday. I look forward to seeing... Uh, Lots of Blades fans in the ground on Saturday as well. And, uh, yeah, we'll be back next week talking about the first game of uh, the Yukanovich era and hopefully a winning start for the Blades. But thanks, as always, for your, your time and efforts, mate. Uh, mate, a, a pleasure having you on the podcast, as always. And I will catch up with you later. Thanks a lot, mate. Cheers. That's all for this week. So big thank you to Andrew and a big thank you to Glistening Kicks, who are the sponsor of this podcast and a Sheffield-based business delivering high-end cleaning, restoration and weather treatment services for shoes, sneakers and trainers. It was very exciting to see them open their first ever shop a few weeks ago as well. Really amazing to see how quickly this business has, uh, has developed and built up. So let me tell you a little bit about Glistening Kicks and what they do. They can remove loose dirt and debris, give deep clean to laces, shoes and midsoles, also touch up any scuffs or imperfections, plus... If you're looking for a full repaint due to damage or general wear and tear, 
they can take care of that for you as well. As well as their new Sheffield store, Glistening kicks off a local collection and return in the city and the surrounding areas, including Rotherham, Barnsley, Chesterfield, and other locations in South Yorkshire and Derbyshire. They also do nationwide shipping via their safe, fast, and reliable courier service, so you can be sure your footwear is in the best possible hands. Save yourself from spending on a brand new pair and give your existing kicks the treatment they deserve instead. Head to glisteningkicks.co.uk and book your service today. That is glisteningkicks.co.uk. You can also follow them on Instagram at glistening underscore kicks for a closer look at the great work they do in making shoes and trainers look their best. Thank you.